All right. Good morning. I am excited for many reasons. Uh, today we're ending out this series. This is a part five of Take Hold of Your Destiny, but I was super thrilled when I walked through that door this morning and I felt that cold air. Um, uh, but uh, I know for some of you it might be almost even a little too cold. Just do this. Just snuggle up real close next to the person next to you. Get a little body heat going on. It'll help out. And uh, we'll stay warm and cozy together. We're, we're in the body. Uh, I don't know if that's what the scripture meant when it said love one another. But hey, we can make that work and, uh, and snuggle. So, five. Number five. This is the last one, but yet... It's one of the most important ones. It kind of ties together many things that we've been talking about over the last uh, four weeks. And that's why I'm so excited. Because we've got to complete this thing called confidence in us. And, you know, confidence is a road. It's a road that we get on and we start to build our confidence. And it's something that even when we go from here today, that each and every day... We need to be working on and building our confidence. Our confidence in the Lord, our confidence, the confidence in ourselves, and confidence in others around us that can help us get to where we need to be in life, where we need to be, how, where God showed us that we're, we're supposed to be, our, our destiny, God's will for our life. And how many you know, here could say, you know, I, I know what God's will is for my life. How many could say that? You, could just, you know what it is. Come on now, there's some more of you. You know what God's will is for. Okay, and, and, and that's, that's a lot of us. We, we know. And some of us are still working on that. We're still, you know, uh, trying to feel our way through that. But what I can say to you here this morning is that when God puts something into your heart, you know it. I mean, when, when He puts that desire in there. And sometimes we get in our own way. We get in our own way. We question the very thing that God's put in as some of the desires of our own heart will question, oh, is that the will of God for me? Or should I be doing this or should I be doing that? When God has put it there, and we get in our own way many times, and what that is is a lack of confidence uh, in ourselves. We've got confidence in God, but we lack the confidence in ourselves to carry out that thing that's inside of us, that thing that's burning in our chest. You know, sometimes we, that thing you can't get off your mind. You know, you, you don't go a day or you don't go a week without thinking about that thing, you know, that you're supposed to be doing or that thing that, that, that you're all about. So let's go into the Lord in prayer just real quick before we dig into these because we're going to talk about wrong belief systems concerning confidence. I have eight of them, and don't, don't worry, we won't be here too long. We're just going to be here at about 2 p.m. to make sure we cover all of them. But... Uh, no, we'll get through these, and some of them will go quite fast. We'll spend the most time on the first one, and then we'll get, get, get rolling on these. But let's pray for a moment. Father, this morning, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the blessings of this air conditioning in this place. Father, I just thank you that all distractions are gone in the name of Jesus, that we can just focus on you, your word, what you're saying to us. Lord, I thank you for raising our confidence to a new level. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Proverbs 14, 12, it says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There's a way which seems right, which seems right to a man. And many times, like I was just saying earlier, that we get in our own way. And there's been many things that have been taught 
in the body of Christ over the centuries that, uh, that has been incorrect, that's been wrong, and that has hindered us and it has pulled down our confidence. Some of it is a, a, a misinterpretation of Scripture, not knowing what, what some of these things are really saying in the Word of God. And some of it is, is just it's man's thinking. And what we need is God's thinking and then you know what He says about us what He says in His Word, and we know what God's really saying, and then we act on it. Not us try to come up with our own, own pattern, our own principle. There are principles and patterns in the Word of God, and if you don't follow those principles or pattern, patterns in the Word of God, we can't succeed, we can't receive that reward that confidence will give us. So the very first one that I want to go over, the first wrong belief system is, is we should not have any self-confidence, it should be only God-confidence. That we should not have any self-confidence, but we should only have God-confidence. Now, we've been talking about this one. We've been talking about it through the last four weeks, uh, how that we need to also have confidence in ourselves. And it's easy for us, as uh, those that are saved, those that, are, uh, that, that aren't saved, that don't have a, um, as much of a problem, but those of us that are saved, we, we get told, we get in church and we get going and, and we get told you know, to have confidence in God, but not to have confidence in yourself. You don't, you don't need that. You need to put down self. And a lot of this comes from misinterpretation of Scripture. In Philippians 3.3, 3, it says, For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God in glory in Christ Jesus and put what? No confidence. It says no confidence in the flesh. And so we'll hear a scripture like that. We'll see this say, okay, well, I have no confidence in myself. No confidence in the flesh. All the confidence is in Jesus Christ. All the confidence is in God, so we have none in ourselves. And what this is is a misinterpretation of this scripture. Because what Paul was talking about, what he was writing about, there was a group of people that were going around and saying, to be saved, you have to be circumcised. Can you imagine men, as a grown uh, adult male that you're getting saved, but the requirement is, is you have to be circumcised and you weren't circumcised at birth. That may not sound like a good idea to you if that's not part of your culture. And at the time, there were many in the Gentiles in that day, they were not circumcised. And so we had a group of people that were going around saying that in order to be saved, you have to be circumcised. But see, the thing is, is there's nothing that you can do to get salvation in of, a, in, in of yourself. It's all about God when it comes to salvation. It's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift given to us. So we can have no confidence in our flesh as to salvation, according to salvation. That's why he said, you are the true circumcision, because it says in another verse that we are the temple of God. So we are the true circumcision. We don't have to... Uh, go through any works of the flesh, any works of the deed. So we put no confidence in the flesh, no, no uh, works, religions, denominations, petty beliefs, traditions. None of those things will save you. The only thing that will save you is believing that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead for your sins and you confess that with your mouth. That is the thing that saves you, is belief in the Lord Jesus and confession with the mouth. It's not by anything that we can do, any work that we can do, including circumcision. And so that's what he was saying, putting no confidence in the flesh. 
that our salvation is based on putting our confidence in Jesus Christ alone, not ourself. It's, it's just for salvation. But see, our success in receiving the abundance that, that God has for us, the promises of God here on the earth, that's going to be shaped by our own personal level of confidence. It's going to be shaped by us receiving those things from the Lord. The commitment and the pursuit that we have when we pursue the principles, pursue the promises that God has promised us. When you see a promise in the Word of God, it just doesn't happen automatically. We've got to pursue that. We've got to lay hold to that. That's where faith comes in. We've got to stand in faith believing that when we have that confidence, we're going to get that great reward. Amen? Because I want that great reward. I'm believing that I'm going to have that. I believe that I'm going to have the blessed life or the happy life. That word blessed is translated happy. There's nothing wrong with being happy. There's nothing wrong with having quality of life. There's nothing wrong with having riches. There's nothing wrong with having these things. Amen? And see, sometimes we beat ourselves up or beat ourselves down thinking that we don't have, oh, no confidence in me, just confidence in God. But in that same chapter in verse 13, he says, Brethren, I count myself... To have, uh, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize or award, that word translated award, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we talked first about God's will for your life. I'm pressing towards that, the high calling, the calling of God on my life. Notice it says, I press towards. There's something that you and I, that we have to do. We have to press to, to that. We have to pursue that. We have a role to play. And in order to pursue, we've got to have confidence in ourselves. We cannot just have confidence in God and just sit back, twiddle our thumbs and wait for God to do it for us. It's just not going to happen. It'd be the same as me telling my son, go clean your room. And he's, and he's like, all right, God, clean my room, man. It's not going to happen. He's actually got to do it himself. Because what? God's given him the ability to do. He's going, oh man, I wish that would work. It would be great if we could just snap our fingers and it would work. It would be great if we lived in a Star Trek society, right? Where we just went up to the food thing and we didn't have to cook. And we just told the computer what it was and it just appeared. But no, we have to work for our food. We have to work for the blessings of God. We have to pursue those things, digging in the Word, seeing what they are, and pressing towards those. And that takes confidence. Our, our scripture here, theme scripture that we've been using throughout is Hebrews 10.35, Therefore do not throw away your confidence. So it's my confidence, your confidence. Because there's a great reward that's coming. When we don't throw it away, we get a great reward. There's something that follows having confidence. There's something that takes place that's really, really good when we stay in confidence. So the theory that we should not talk or discuss self is pretty much wrong-headed. It's, it, it's, it's the wrong, wrong interpretation of Scripture. I want to give you a couple examples. In Luke 15, 17, we have the prodigal son. He's, he went to his father and said, I want my inheritance now. And so the father said, okay, so he gave him the inheritance. And he goes out, and we know the story, most of us, you know, we, he went out and he blew all his money. He blew everything. He's partying this and that. So now he has nothing. He has nothing. And now he's eaten with pigs. He's down literally taking care of pigs. That's the only thing he, job he could find to do. And the only thing he was eating was eating what the pigs were eating. So he's eating slop. 
So that's the situation that he's in. And then in verse 17 it says, And when he came to himself, he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? What we say to ourselves bring us to action for either good or evil, blessing or cursing. He said to himself, he came to that realization. It didn't say God sent Gabriel and this angel appeared and he went, and there's an angel with a big sword. Get up, what are you doing? Go back to your dad's house. No, he came to his own senses. He came to himself. It was him who pulled himself out of the mire. And if you're in the muck, if you're in the mire, if you feel like you've been beat down, it's you. You can pull yourself out, grab a hold of these scriptures, grab a hold of this message, stand on it, and step up and come to yourself and get the reward. Amen? Amen. Amen. So he came to himself. And see, the thing is, is the idea that we were made in the image and likeness of God, get this church, loses its value when we cannot have confidence in ourselves. It loses its value. We were made in that image and likeness of God. And that is so valuable. We've got to be able to use that. We are the ones who are allowed to choose life or death, bless or cursing. A merciful God or we can choose an evil devil. And sometimes that evil devil's ourselves. We beat ourselves up, right? One more example. The woman with the issue of blood, she was sick. And she had this issue for years. And she heard Jesus was coming through town. And there's throngs of people. I mean, there's just all these people and they're pressing in. But she was determined because she kept saying to herself, Matthew 9.21 says, For she was saying to herself, If I only I... If I only touch his garment, I will get well. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Daughter, take courage. Your faith, and I love this when I see it, it says, Your faith has made you well. At once, the woman was made well. We need to understand, I mean, the crowd didn't help her. The doctors didn't help her. Who helped her? It, the angel didn't come down. Nothing like that. She helped herself by saying to herself, if I go do that, then I know what will happen. And God's given us a dream. He's given us a vision. He's given us a destiny. And if we say, if I'll go do that, we've got to be able to say, I know that this is going to happen. That's faith. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know how long. But I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to keep pressing on no matter what. Amen? No matter what. If I can only touch the garment. If I. So it's not... So this whole thing, this, this belief system of we shouldn't have any self-confidence, it should only be God-confidence, is bunk. We've got to have confidence in ourselves as well. She determined it. She said it. We can say it. Wrong belief system number two. This one will be a fast one. Anything about self is new age. Anything about self is new age. How many ever heard that one? You know, if you've been in the church for so you know for a while, you've probably heard it. And I, I want to tell everybody: if you didn't know, maybe you do. Maybe you've studied New Age, or you've studied some where it comes from, its roots. It's got its main its main root is Christianity. Its main root 
comes right out of the Bible. And all they did was twist some things around. And then they borrowed from all these other Buddhism, Hinduism. They, they get all these different things. There's even a thing called mystical Christendom. I mean, I mean, it's just, you know, because there's so many, and they look at Proverbs, and they look at these different things, and they've got all these sayings, and they, apply, they just take God out of it and put self right there, because in New Age, self is God. You are God, instead of God Almighty. And so that's all they've done. But just because they've distorted and they've messed up truth, they've taken truth and distorted it, doesn't mean the truth is no longer true. Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that just because we talk about self or we say we have uh, uh, confidence in ourselves, we're in the image and likeness of God, when we say these things, that doesn't mean, oh, we're new agey or we're, we're, we're getting into new age. And this is something that's been, you know, in the church for a long time. I say, when I say the church, the body of Christ, then past that, you know, we hear about self, you know, and it's like, oh, that's new age stuff. Or we hear a phrase, a sentence, and we're like, oh, that sounds like a little new age. That sounds a little, I don't know about that. But in Galatians 5.3, we know that the fruit, one of the fruit of the Spirit is what? Self-control. Self-control. In Proverbs 25.28, it says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. We just read other scriptures that talk about she came to herself, the prodigal son. He said to himself. The scripture that we could go, there's so many examples of self and people getting to that place where they understand, they realize, I am in the image of God. And they pull themselves out. There's so many examples like this in the Bible. We'd be here for a while. So the scripture talks about it. But we've kind of, we've taken the eyes out of it. When it says, I did this, or I did that, Paul says, look at me. It's just, that, 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 that's always blown me away how that Paul, and I used to think, I think, well, isn't that prideful for him to say, oh, look at me and look at my example? No, because he was confident in who he was and his walk in Christ. So he said to the other believers in the church, look at me for an example. Look at me. So you can say that to someone, look at me. That's what we need. We need people looking at Well, we need people looking at God. Absolutely. But we also need people looking at us. Amen? Amen? I know, so I can see the wheels turning. It's kind of hard to swallow somebody because we don't want people to look at us. We don't want people because we don't have that confidence that we're living right before God or whatever it may be. Let me tell you something. You want God, people looking at you. God will bless that. If you open yourself up and you say to the Lord, Lord, it's okay. I want to be an example for others. I want others to be able to look at me. God will bring those things across your path. People will start talking. You say, well, how, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you do this? But see, we shut ourselves down. God can only use those who are what? Willing. Willing vessels. He's looking for those who are willing. The next wrong belief system is we can't do anything without God. We can't do anything without God. See, John 15, 5, Jesus was talking, He says, I am the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. And so we've looked at scriptures like this or we've seen this and we go, well, without God, we can't do anything. Well, again, it's a little misinterpretation of this scripture. What is he talking about? What is Christ talking? And we look in this verse one more time. I am the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears what? Much fruit. 
See, Jesus was not saying that a person could not accomplish some things without Him. Because there are people who are accomplishing great things without Him every day. We're seeing it all around. We see people without God, without relying on Him, in and of themselves, feeding the poor, giving water to people who don't have water. I mean, doing all kinds of wonderful and great things. They do this every day. What Jesus was talking about was producing fruit for the kingdom. Producing fruit for the kingdom that remain. If you look in verse 16, it says, I haven't chosen you, or you haven't chosen me. I've chosen you that you would bear much fruit and that it would, what? Remain. That's verse 16. We don't have it on the screen, but you can write that down. That your fruit would remain. So that's what he was talking It's like this. Let me give you the example. The guy, he, he enters into the company and he's at the bottom and he wants to work his way up to the top. So, I mean, he's confident and he's moving on and he's doing everything that he knows to do and what he can. And he gets to the very top and he's at the top of the building. And then he gets on the roof and he's like, I've made it. But he looks over and he's seen a sign that says, you missed it. You were supposed to be over there on that building. And he's scratching his head. Wait a minute. Why? He did all of that, but he was in the wrong place. He was in the wrong place. There are people doing many, I mean, just wonderful things, climbing to the top, but what is it all for if they're not in the will of God? What is it all for if it's not for the kingdom? It's not that we could, he couldn't do something on his own, it's just he was missing God with where he was, where he was going to be. That's why we've got to have confidence in who first? God and in ourselves and in others. So that way, when he gets to the top, he knows he's in the right place. You can do all kinds of wonderful things, but if you're not really in doing it for the kingdom, what good is it? It's like you can't... That's what Christ, when he was saying in this verse, for apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what he was saying. This fruit that you're producing, it doesn't do anything because you've done it all for yourself. And it hasn't been for me, for my kingdom. In other words, your fruit is not going to remain. Not saying that we couldn't just do anything. We can't do anything without God. Because we see that all the time. We see that everywhere. Because remember, we're in the image and the likeness of God. So everything is already inside of us. Wrong belief system number four. Your worth equals your performance plus others' opinions. Say this one more time. Your worth equals your performance plus other others opinions church your worth equals what god says about you it doesn't matter if you mess up or you don't god your worth is determined by jesus christ first corinthians 6:20 says you were bought with a price see we were bought with that precious blood of jesus christ so it doesn't matter if you make it to the top or not you are what God says you are. Amen? I mean, you are, it doesn't matter. And it, doesn't, it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. It's what God thinks about you. That's your worth. If someone comes to you and says, you're not worth nothing, that's not true. It's just not true. And if you're saying to yourself, I'm not worth a whole lot, that's not true. Because our worth is determined by what God says. And see, we've had these messages and we're talking about confidence and we're doing that, but I don't want anybody to get all you know, messed up and thinking that, man, if I'm not confident, if I'm not super successful, then I'm not worth anything. I don't want you to get that idea. 
Our worth isn't determined how, by how successful we are. Our worth is determined by God. I am made in His image and likeness. I have dominion. What else does God say about it? I'm the head, I'm not the tail. He says you're blessed. He says you're holy. He says you're righteous. He says you're rich. He says you're more than a conqueror. He, you are God's elect. When he says, when it says chosen, it literally means select or elect. You are chosen, you are elect, select of God. You are his child and you are a victor because with God before you, who can be against you? That's what God says about you and he says a whole lot more. The Word is just full of things that what God says about you. Our worth is determined by what He says, not anybody else and not your accomplishments. Wrong belief system number five. And some of these kind of overlap. They go together a little bit. It says those who fail, and this one kind of goes with the other one, those who fail are unworthy of love and deserve to be blamed and condemned. But we know that not to be true because in Romans 8.1 it says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? So it doesn't matter if you fall. You can get back up, dust yourself off, and keep moving forward. Amen? It doesn't matter. You are always worthy of love. It's not about what we do. It's about who we are. It's not about that. When it comes to love, it's about who we are. Are we a child of God? Have we given ourselves over to Him? And if you have, those who fail are not unworthy of love. You're always worthy of love. God loves everyone regardless. 1 John 4.10 says, In this love, in this is love, not that we love God, but He, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now this means appeasing. You know, He is so deeply in love with God, He was the appeasement for my sins. His love for me has nothing to do if I succeed in life or fail in life. It just has to, has to do with that free gift that He's given me, which is salvation. I become His child. He loves me. Oh, He loves me. And He loves you no matter what. Number six, I must meet certain standards to feel good about myself. I must meet certain standards to feel good about myself. But see, justification says, I am completely forgiven and fully pleasing. In Romans 5.1 it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about are we justified as to whether or not we have peace. It's a whole lot. I mean, hey, it'd be, it's better if we succeed, if we tap into those blessings. But it doesn't mean that we're not loved. loved. It doesn't mean that we're not worthy. That it doesn't mean that we cannot feel good about ourselves. Because we always can feel good because we are a child of the King. And we got the best Father ever. Amen? Wrong belief system number seven. I must be approved, accepted by certain others to feel good about myself. But reconciliation says I'm totally accepted by God. I'm totally accepted by Him. Somebody here this morning needs to hear this, that you are accepted by God. Colossians 1, 21-22 says, And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet He has now reconciled you in His fleshly body through death in order to present you before Him holy and blameless beyond reproach. You are holy, you are blameless and beyond reproach. You are approved by God. You don't have to meet a certain standard. You don't have to, uh, to feel, be uh, accepted by others to feel good about yourself.
Wrong belief system number eight. I am what I am. I cannot change. I am hopeless. I am what I am. I cannot change. And see, as we've been going through, there is that little tactic, that little lie of the enemy that he's going to come say, well, that's not really for you. You are who you are. You can't change. And he'll always say, it's too late. How many's ever heard that one before? It's too late. See, the enemy wants to destroy your image. He wants to bring you down. It's never too late, church. Never too late. Don't give in to that lie. Put that under your feet. Regeneration says, I am absolutely complete in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We've heard this. We've seen that. Old things are passed away. Yes, I can change. All things have become new. Now this verse here, this is a really exciting verse. We're going to end on this one right here. I love this verse. Colossians 3.10. And I, I mean, I've preached out of Colossians 3. I've done family devotions out of Colossians 3. I love Colossians 3. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And I never really pulled the importance out of this verse. Not really. Let's look at it. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. I always looked at this, you know, we got to put on the new man, which is renewed after knowledge. We put on the new man, cast off the old man. That's all I looked at this verse. That's all I saw. I, I, I forgot the second part. Because they're talking about old fleshly deeds and put down that. And that's part of it. We put those things down. We put the flesh down. We put the, uh, the, the sinful, nation, uh, sinful nature flesh. Yeah, it's talking about all that. But what are we really renewed after? The image of Him that created Him. We are created in the image and likeness of God Himself. I mean, if that doesn't get you, you know all juiced up, and that doesn't give you confidence, I'm not sure what is. Because what that means for me is that I can look in the mirror and I can say that God made me like Him. God made me like Him, therefore I can. There's no I can't in my vocabulary. I can have nothing but an I can. I don't have to have I can't. I can say, I can do it. I can do that thing that God's called me to do. I can get that promotion. I can, I will get that. I can win my friend for Christ. I can't. My family will be saved. I mean, it's just an I can. And when we pray, we believe. And when we walk, when we come into the job, our head's not down, our head's up, and we got a smile on our face like the Joker grin. Come on, people, let me see them teeth. Come on. Right? Amen? Amen? It's after Christ. It's after God. It's one thing to be created in the image of God, but it's a whole other thing to understand it, believe it, and then walk in it. See, we've read it, and I've read these verses. I've read Colossians 3.10. I've read Genesis when it said I was made in the image of God. But to really understand what that means, and then believe it, and then walk in it, that's a whole different matter. How many wants to start believing and walking? How many want to start reaping some blessings? How many want to start reaping some rewards? I'm ready for some rewards. Let's all stand to our feet. This morning I want us to pray. I want us to believe God.
Is this, is this series, the last five weeks, has this helped? Yes. Amen. Has this helped? Yes. What we want to do is we, you know, we, if you forgot some of it or you feel yourself getting down or, you know, you, you start beating yourself up, go back, listen to number one, week one. Look, look, listen to week two. We're at churchpluggedin.com. You, know, you can look at these messages. If you need CDs, sign up out there on the table for CDs. We can get those to you, have them for you for the next week. Get them, put them in your car. Put it in, let it go in. Confidence, image. We talked about so many things. Get this word, get it down in you. As you start feeling like you're not going to make it, put this in there. You are going to make it. When the word goes in, it's powerful. When the word goes, when we get it, we understand it, we believe it, we act on it, things begin to happen. The earth begins to shake for you. Well, you got to believe that the earth is going to shake for you. How many believe the earth can shake for you? Look, it can. Amen. Where you go, where you are, the earth can shake for you. I mean, it's just, it's an awesome thing to think about. Because I was created in His image, in His likeness. In His likeness. So this morning, let's agree, let's pray. There's some things on your mind. Those of you that are struggling with even knowing what the will of God is for your life... I'm going to believe now that God, you know, the revelation knowledge is going to come to you real quick. One key, one key in finding that will of God for your life, if you're still struggling, what's the thing you think about the most? What's the thing that just bugs you and doesn't go away? A lot of times the key is right there. It's right there. It's already in you. It's already there. We've just not had the confidence to unlock that thing. We've not had the confidence to step out and do the thing that's already there inside of you. So look back. Search your heart. Think about it. What, what is that thing that I've always wanted to do? God said, when, it, when God said in His Word, He'd give you the desires of your heart, that's what He was talking about. It's there. He wants you to have it. And if, you, and if, and if that thing that you've, you're thinking about, if you go, well, TJ, you don't understand. It's this big. That's okay. That's okay. You know what? My God's bigger. Amen. Just like that guy I was talking about last week that I had met in uh, Maryland. He's opened 10 businesses in 10 years. And he started with one. And the, he only knew one area. He's in all kinds of areas. Right? He's taken dominion on the earth. God showed him a vision and it was huge. It was huge. How did he get there? by knowing that God's even bigger than that and that He was created in His likeness and that He would be able to do it. And He started attacking it even though He didn't even know how. He just began to step out and to do it. How many is ready to do? Amen. 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 Let's get those hands in the air. Let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we come to You agreeing right now, touching this one thing. Those that don't understand or don't know or are questioned and don't know Your will for their life, Father, I thank You for revelation knowledge coming to them right now in Jesus' name. I break every hindrance. I break every lie of the enemy in Jesus' name. Lord, those that have been lied to and told that they're not good enough, that they can't change, that time's run out. Lord, I just break that right now in Jesus' name. Just break it, church. Just say it out your mouth. Just say, I break it in Jesus' name. You just put that thing under your foot right now. Whatever it is, you call that thing, all that doubt, 
We put down doubt. We put down unbelief. We cast down fear right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for a supernatural touch. Each one that has their hand raised, Lord, I thank you that we're believing it, we're understanding it, we're seeing it, and we're going to walk it in Jesus' name. Confidently walking it. Lord, I thank you for the rewards that are going to follow those that have their hands lifted high right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. It is done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we say to you right now, we will not give up. That give up is not in our vocabulary. I can't is not in our vocabulary. We can and we will for you. We will take dominion on this earth in Jesus' name. No matter what area it is, we just break every lie saying, oh, I can't rise up in the secular area or this mountain or the business mountain. We just crush that right now. I thank you for flourishing businesses right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for flourishing uh, media and entertainment. Lord, the dreams that you put in the different ones' hearts, Lord, I thank you that those are coming to pass. They're coming to completion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.